co-funded by the European Union. Views and opinions expressed are, however, those of the others only and do not necessarily reflect those of the European Union. Neither the European Union nor the granting authority can be held responsible for them. Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Euractive Beyond the Byline. I am Angelo Di Mambro, I am Euractive's agri-food editor and I will be hosting this episode focusing on the European Union agriculture and food policy. Today, I am joined by two special guests, Yves Madre, president of the agricultural think tank from Europe, and David Balduk of the Sustainability Think Tank, Institute for European Environmental Policy, who are bearing two different points of views on the current situation of the food systems in Europe and what is needed to improve them. But first, let's start with Yves Madre, president of Farm Europe. Uh, Farm Europe has released a data set of 12 indicators to, to measure the economic, social and environmental performance of the EU food systems. Uh, what is the general picture emerging from the, from the, the data set. And the aim was to measure the, the impacts of 20 years of European policies when it comes to agri-food agri systems. The main conclusions right now are that we, are, we have three main winners in Europe when it comes to uh, the policy uh, and the impacts of, of, of the policies. The first winners are consumers. Today, in uh, the European Union, food is cheap, even cheaper than, than, than before. On average, uh, people sp spend around uh, 12%, even less, of their revenues for food. It's very, very low. The second winners is the environment. We had some progress. And it has to be underlined uh, uh, when it comes to our environment. And farmers didn't just wait for the, any green deal in order to, to progress uh, when it comes to water management, when it comes to pesticide management, uh, or to the biodiversity. Uh, just to have in mind uh, the reduction of the most dangerous pesticide in Europe, in less than 15 years, it's minus 43%, which is great. And the third winners are the citizens, the taxpayers, because uh, the, the value of the CAP subsidies just, uh, uh, the value has decreased by 30% within the 20 years. You will ask me, what about farmers? Generally speaking, the European production uh, has maintained. When it comes to economy, the revenue, the incomes, is just very, very low. The, the income per, per hectare has decreased by 12% during the, that period, which is quite a problem if you want to prepare the future or invest in the, 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 the future. And in order to maintain only maintain uh, their the revenue, farmers have been obliged to expand, to have bigger farms, then to mobilize capital, to invest with 
their own possibilities and to reduce investment of double performance, the investment or in productivity, in higher profitability. What they achieved, having somehow bigger farms, uh, a bit more of productivity, they just really that they gave it to the consumers, to the taxpayers, and a bit uh, in order to finance extra costs when it comes to environment. But what should be and what we have to be to have in mind is that without saying anything, uh, policy decision makers, politicians have just waited for inflation to do the, the job, to decrease uh, the value of the CAP without mentioning and asking farmers to continue to be able to, prof- to provide affordable food. And on top of that, to be the one just making sure that rural communities, rural areas will stay alive and taking care of the environment. And indeed, with the inflation we have uh, this year, these days, uh, something's wrong. And I think that it's explained a lot when it comes to the demonstrations we we had during the last weeks and still we have in some member states. What are the policies that are needed uh, to improve the situation that uh, you described, in your view? I think that we, when discussing about policies on what could be uh, useful as European policies and decisions, we have to, we should have in mind, on one hand, this situation we just discussed and described, and the fact that Indeed, the European Union will enlarge. So tomorrow we'll have uh, EU 30, maybe 31, 32. Uh, so uh, more member states, uh, and notably uh, Ukraine. And we, we need to, to have both in, in mind. What is needed today, I think, is to, to be able one, to secure revenues, incomes, farm incomes on one hand, and to be able to prepare the future. Preparing the future means investments. So we we are just in front of a big wall of investments, investments in double performance. Either we achieve that, and we have tools, and as well financial tools uh, to, to, to do it, or we'll bet just on degrowth, less pollution, less agriculture. What is, uh, I think, quite problematic uh, and uh, quite relevant today? When it comes to the bioeconomy, we all know that the bioeconomy is very important for the European Union in order to have the transition and to be able to manage the transition of the, uh, its wool economy, not only the agricultural one, the wool European e- economy. When it comes to bioeconomy today, we import what is needed, the bi- biomass we need in order to develop our own European bioeconomy. This is not sustainable. This is not sustainable economically. This is not sustainable when it comes to sovereignty. This is not 
sustainable when it comes to environment and global environment. We all know that we produce better in Europe than elsewhere in the world. So do we want to expand, to increase our production in the European, to be better when it comes to sovereignty, to, to tomorrow or not? If the answer is yes, definitively yes, indeed we need a dynamic policy, European policy when it comes to, to investments, investments in both economy, higher profitability and sustainability at the same time. And this is doable. We have all the tools. So it should be clear and flat as a priority. We need indeed better tools when it comes to risk management and crisis management because it goes end-to-end -end with investments. You will never invest if your environment, economic environment is not enough stable. And of course, you need to, to, say, to be able to say to farmers, we'll be, we'll continue to be with you because we trust you and we'll secure enough your income just to have one figure in mind. When it comes to incomes, farming, incomes in European Union, 53% of the incomes are from CAP subsidies. You can't get rid of that within one night. So it's a matter of orientation and, uh, and priority rather than uh, of, new, of new policy tools. Is this yes, correct? Yes, it is. Of, uh, and it is of, uh, then if we do recognize that it is needed, it, this is uh, as well a a matter of finance, do we want to continue and just not to consider inflation? And then, indeed, within 10 more, more, more years, the value of the CEP won't, won't be minus 30, but minus 50, meaning that you can't do anything with Or do we say that, do we recognize that we have inflation in the European Union? We have a strategic sector, it's very important for the European Union, and then we'll adapt, we'll adjust the CAP budget, taking into consideration inflation, as it was the case before 2000 and something. So, according to Madre, Europe has done quite well on the environment and needs to reconsider productive agriculture as a strategic priority. Now we listen to a quite different perspective, with David Baldock of the Sustainability Think Tank, Institute for European Environmental Policy. My first question is, uh, what is your, or the IEEP assessment of the um, environmental impact of the EU policies? Uh, I mean, agri-food policies, common agricultural policies, but also other, uh, let's say, food farm related policy uh, in the last 20 years. The last 20 years have seen some significant changes in agri-food policies and some alignment with environmental priorities for, in a better way than in the previous decades. And the EU has done better than the US, for example, in trying to address environmental issues. But what we've seen is not sufficient progress compared with the needs that we have 
And we see that greenhouse gas emissions have remained pretty flat from agriculture. They've not really improved. We see that biodiversity is continuing to decline. We haven't got on top of water pollution. So although there have been more incentives for farmers, which is very welcome, although some of the conditions have been tightened, although we've got some new regulations, it hasn't added up to enough compared with the real sustainability challenges. And on the food side, we've seen... um, a failure really to get to grips with a series of important diet-related diseases as well. So we have very big challenges out there. And the the pace of change is not a lack of change completely in agri-food policy. It just isn't sufficient change on the scale to really grasp what, what, we've, what we're facing in Europe. And are there member states doing better than others? Yes, of course. That's always true in Europe. And there are some regions doing better than others, too. And you can see examples. For example, in Austria, you've got a very big organic sector has been helped to develop. There's some very interesting focus on results-based approaches in parts of Ireland. We see quite a bit of ambition to get greenhouse gas emissions down in Denmark, for example. Um, But it's not always fair to compare between member states. Some are a lot richer, others they've got far deeper depth of experience, the institutions capable of really developing policies. They've got farmers who are more affluent. So in some of the poorer eastern parts of Europe, you wouldn't really expect them to have got to the same point as Scandinavia at this stage. So we certainly see a spread. Um, but I think part of the challenge for Europe is to help those member states which struggle more with this to, to get up to the point with the leaders who, who are in an easier position in many respects. And uh, what are the changes needed in, in the policies uh, to improve the, in this environmental impact, the, to improve the situation? You rightly talk about the agri-food sector and one thing we need is to see the supply side, the farming and the food companies joined up more with the demand side and what consumers are eating and how we manage the food system as a whole. And we would very much like to see a food systems approach being introduced in Europe, which would bring the whole different segments of the food chain together. And there was a sustainable food systems law being proposed by the Commission uh, in principle during this term hasn't happened. So in the next term, we very much hope that something will come forward. Then in the agriculture side, we need... Uh, Sorry to interrupt you. Why why is this law so important? Uh, can Can you explain to us? It's important because if we if we fail to um, address what's happening on the food side, we can't get the agriculture side right either. So for example, um, we need to address diet-related diseases and obesity and diabetes. Um, We have to have a healthy diet. And if we want to reduce greenhouse gases, we need to eat less livestock products and more plant-based products. And so it's no good the farmers producing one thing and the consumers wanting something else. And then we are importing or exporting. So the system doesn't add up and we don't get to where we need to be. So although it's difficult, it's a bit challenging, we've got to somehow 
get that knitting all together in, in a way which makes sense and it benefits people uh, as well as farmers and society. And can I say something on the agriculture? Okay, of course. Also, we also need to change the agriculture policy. At the moment, it tends to promote business as usual and not enough change towards sustainability. So the, the policy needs to be focusing more of the money from the CAP on environmental public goods, on sustainability, uh, on getting the, the farms to be ready for, for the future in this sense and to help with just transition <clears throat> to, to a new form of farming and less money going to direct payments and getting the right environmental conditions there. And although it's unpopular sometimes for farmers to see the subsidies changing, that's the direction of travel for the future. It's what society needs. So we have to find a way of making sure that farmers can make a living, certainly, uh, but we can't just have a system which promotes business as usual. What do you mean with business as usual? I mean that at the moment, the policies tend to uh, allow production to be increasing in some livestock sectors, for example. They are not incentivizing farmers to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. We're not improving soil management. So we're continuing to um, manage the different resources on farms very much as in the past. And you see, for example, in parts of Spain, groundwater is being uh, emptied in many areas and it needs a radical change. It needs grasping the opportunity to say, yes, we have to have a, a much more efficient system. We have to stop using some water altogether. We have to take some land in a few places out of production entirely because it's, it's over-exploiting peat soils or water. And in, in some cases, we have to produce less livestock and more plant-based products. And we have to have more organic production to help regenerative farming. So everything that we need in the in the food sector has farmers at the heart of it we've just got to find a way that the policy encourages the farmers to move in the right direction in the same way we've moved the energy sector from fossil fuels into renewables it's the same kind of challenge it's the farmer's turn now to cope with that challenge and not pretend it's going to go away because it's not and for today it's all dear listeners I'm Angelo Di Mambro, and this was a special edition of the Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit your active to stay on top of the latest news. Sign up for our podcast newsletter. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and until the next time. 